the Kamedach Kavzai Namad Aleph and Namad Beis, we start the new Perik, Culpability and Responsibility, Adam Mu'ad Lo'olam, Perik Beis, the second section of what we started yesterday, of this idea of Adam Mu'ad Lo'olam, that a human being is culpable whether or not he had intention to do the damage. If a person does damage, he is an agent of damage and he is culpable. And this Perik, Perik Hameniach, starts with Bor. We've had different forms of, of Nezikin, we've had Shor Hamazik, the different kinds of ox, damages, we've had ish, we've had the fire damage, and now we're looking at bor. And the case here, which is somebody puts a stumbling block or a hole in the Rishut Arabim, in a place of public access, and either causes damage to others or somebody causes damage to the things. So in this case, we're back to the famous Ming vase, Haminiach et Akkad. That's the, what the Mishnah is talking about. A person puts a Ming vase in the Rishut Arabim. It's a silly thing to do, but that's what he did. He put his ming vase down in the public domain. And somebody else comes and trips over it, and breaks the ming vase. We're worried about the ming vase now. We're not worried about the person who tripped so much. Patu, the person who tripped over the, over the vase is potu. He's free of responsibility. He doesn't have to pay. Asks the Gemara, Patur, am I patur? Why is he patur? Why does this person not have to pay? You should look where you're walking. It's true there's a Ming vase in the Rishus Arabim, and one doesn't expect that to be there, but you should look where you're walking. You don't walk into a Ming vase. Shmuel Omar Ba'afel Shmuel says there are different answers the Gemara gives. We don't stay with Shmuel's answer, but it, it's an important one in the, in the process of reasoning it out. Shmuel says we're talking where it's dark. You're right. If it was light and he could have seen what was in the Rosh Hashanah then he should have seen what was in the Rosh Hashanah But we're talking in a situation where it's dark or it's misty, foggy, and he's not really able to see very clearly what's there. So he is completely free. Why, says Tosfus? Because loi bayilele uyune and onusu. Since he didn't have to look, there was no way he could have looked. It was dark, and there was no way that he could have, that he could have looked. He is an onus. That's how Tosfus understands Shmuel. So again, a man puts the Ming vase in the Rishus Arabim, another man trips over it, shatters the Ming vase. The man who shattered the Ming vase is he's not liable for any damages because he is an onus. Asks Tosfus, based on our Gemara yesterday, but we know that there's no such thing as onus by a human being. Adam Mu'ad Lo'olam, a person is always responsible even if he isn't culpable. So yes, it was dark, he couldn't see it, but he's an Adam. And as an Adam, as a human being, you're always responsible, even if you couldn't help what happened, it was completely beyond your capability of avoiding. Tosfus's thesis then is, as we learned yesterday, that onus gamur lo rabbi rachmana. This that a human being is obligated, even if it's an onus, even if it happens despite his efforts, it's beyond his control, he's still chayev, he's still responsible, that does not apply by onus gamur. So Tosfus introduces us to this idea that we started with yesterday, that there's a spectrum of onus. At one point, there's an onus gamur, and there even a human being is potter, it's completely beyond his control, what should he be chayev for? But if it's partially beyond his control, then he is chayev. And Tosfus then brings three proofs. One of them is from the Yerushalmi that we learned yesterday, two people sleeping. Three proofs that that is the case. That where it's not absolute, that when it's absolute onus, there's nothing he could have done. It wasn't his fault at all. He is, in fact, patur. And the way that Tosfus explains is it, venire ledakdek, the adam hamazik de mifter ba'ones, this that a human being is potter, is free of responsibility in a case of onus where it's beyond his control, is in cases shehu ke'en geneva. 
that's where the onus is similar to theft. Now, we've spoken about the fact that there are two parallel things going on. We're learning about Nazikin, about an Odom Amazik. A person causes damage with his own property or his own body. In Bova Matia, we're talking about Shomrim. I'm looking after your property, and I didn't take proper care of it, and it got damaged. But we learn one from the, from the other, and there we have the idea of Geneva Aveda. I'm looking after your, your property, if I've borrowed your property, I've borrowed your car, and it gets stolen, I'm responsible. If it gets lost, we don't know where it is, it's somewhere in Gaza, but we don't know where, I'm responsible. If I am a Shomer Chinam, if I'm not being paid, I'm, you, I'm, not, I'm not using your car, you said, can I leave my car in your garage while I'm away? And I say, sure, I'm a Shomer Chinam. So that's one of the lowest dimensions of responsibility because I'm not being paid to do it. I get no benefit from doing it. I'm just doing you a favor. So in this case, if it's stolen or it gets lost, I'm patur, I'm free of charge. That's considered like an onus. But says Tosvis, Geneva and Aveda are not the same level. Because when there's an onus which is like Geneva, Geneva is somebody else steals it. It was in my garage. It's not in my garage the next morning. Somebody took it. That's Geneva. That's very close to onus. It's beyond my control. But then you've got Avedo. Avedo is further on the spectrum. Avedo is it got lost. I actually drove it because you gave me permission to, to drive it and you wanted me to keep the engine going and the battery on, in track. So I drove it, I parked it, and I just cannot remember where I parked it. And there's no sign of it. It hasn't been stolen, no indication that it's been stolen, but it's lost. I just can't find it. That's called Aveda. That's a little bit of Pshia. That's a bit of carelessness. So Geneva is closer to Ones, beyond my control. Aveda is also beyond my control. I got lost. I didn't lose it deliberately. It's not total pshia, but it's closer to pshia. Says Tosfos, so you see there's a spectrum. And Geneva krovala ones va'aveda krovala pshia. We learn in Bova Metzia that Geneva, theft, is closer to ones, beyond my control. And Aveda is closer to pshia, carelessness. Nireda adam amazik chayav. When it's close to pshia, and Adam Amazik is chayev. Then he's chayev. Then he's obligated. But if it's Oynes Gomer, it's like Geneva. Then he's not chayev. Asks the Ramban. We touched on this yesterday as well. You can't bring a proof from the Yerushalmi. What was the case with Yerushalmi? One man goes to sleep. Another man puts a Ming vase next to his next to his bed. He turns over in the night, shatters the Ming vase. Says Tosfos, you see from there that there's a case where it's completely beyond your control because the Yerushalmi says in that case you're potter, even though it's Oynes. That's Oynes Gomer. Says the Ramban, that's not about Oynes Gomer. This is something else altogether. This has got nothing to do with Oynes. This is Pshia. The reason the first one is potter is because the second one is Chayev. The second one was a Pashaya. The second one was negligent. And that neg- negligent creates the obligation. And so the first one has nothing to pay because the second one was, uh, was negligent. So as we learned yesterday, what the Ramban is saying is the, it's the second one's Pshia that we focus on, the second one's negligence.
But that's not how Tosfos learned the Yerushalmi back on Daftalad. At the bottom of the first page of the source sheet, you'll see the Tosfos from Daftalad. There he brings the Yerushalmi, and he says that's different, that if he brings the Ming vase in the middle of the night and puts it next to a sleeping man, and, he, and the man breaks it, patur, dehem garmu lo, because the people who put the vase there caused him to damage the vase. Do you see the difference? The Ramban says it's the Pshia of the of the second one. The second one is the careless person. He did the damage. The first person did nothing. Tosfus says, no, it is the first person who did the damage. He turned over in the middle of the night and smashed the vase. But that's Heim Garmulo. They caused him to do it. What does that mean? We've learned that if there's an onus in the case of human damage, it, do, it doesn't count. The human being is always culpable. Why is the case of the Yerushalmi differently? It's different. So the Ramban said, because he's a poshaya. Tosfus is saying something different. And we based it on the Rabbi Yonason Milunil yesterday. Rabbi Yonason and Tosfus have a, an amazing concept that we're going to go a little deeper into this morning. And that is that the second person's Shia converts the first into an onus. The second person's carelessness makes the first person an onus. Well, what about Adam Mu'ad Lo'olam? We learned yesterday a person's always a Mu'ad. It removes that principle from him. It cancels that principle out. So normally, if a person does something which is beyond his control, he's not responsible. However, Adam Mu'ad Lo'olam. But if there's another intervention by a person who has chosen to intervene, then as we explained yesterday, that first person is no longer the agent of damage. And that's what we want to focus on now, to understand why is that first person no longer the agent of damage? At the end of the day, he did the damage. He turned over in the middle of the night. He smashed the Ming vase. Why does the principle of Adam Mu'ad Lo'olam get removed from him because in the middle of the night another person came into the room and put the vase down there? That's what we're looking at over here. As an aside, in order to understand that, the Vilna Gaon has a very important approach which is, he mentions in various different places. And here's one of the places where he articulates it. And that is the integration of the Kabbalistic part of the Torah with the Halakhic part of the Torah. Now, we never use the Kabbalistic part of the Torah to reason, to draw Halakhic conclusions, or hardly ever. The Halakhic conclusions have to be reasoned through methods of Halakha. But we will use, of course, the Kabbalistic dimensions in order to understand the Halachad, to get a better, a better understanding of it. And in this piece of Vilna Gaon, on the third parak of Mishle, he talks about Bechol Derachecha Da'ehu. He talks about the word Hu, He Vav Aleph. So the Mishle says, Know Hashem in all your ways, and He or it will straighten your, your direction, your ways. And the word Da'ehu, he says, means Da, He Vav. And hey vav, hey is chumish, and vav is, is shas, six sedorim of shas. No tanach and shas, vahu yeyasher orchotecho, and here it's who with an aleph, it's the hey and the vav and the aleph. The aleph is silent, and the aleph means learning. You learn from silence. What does that mean? Says the Vilna Gaon, that's the Kabbalistic part, that's the, the mysterious part. So if you learn shas correctly, You'll get, you'll, you'll get insights into the Kabbalistic part. You don't have to worry so much about the Kabbalistic part. It's there. But we see this inter, integration of, of the two. So we learn Gemara in the, in, when we learn the Matmonim. When, when we learn Chumash and Rashi, we learn Remes. We learn Pshat here. We learn Remes when we learn Chumash and Rashi. In the Medrashir on Shabbos morning, we learn Drush. We have an, an additional layer. And sometimes we go as far as the outer layers of Sod, of what's the inner meaning of it. 
And here we need to look at the inner meaning of it a little bit. So we have the posuk of ma'akeh. We learned it not, not long ago. You have to build a parapet around the top of your, your roof if your roof is flat. It says the Torah, so that you should not be responsible, ki yipol hanofel mimenu, lest the faller falls. From that, the Gemara says in Shabbos, there's a Tanad Rabbi Yishmael, who's the faller? One who is destined to fall in any case. It's not you causing him to fall. Hashem has decided with this person's life is over, he's going to fall. But it didn't have to be through you. We've got to make sure that we are not the person because even where something is inevitable, if it's a positive thing, Hashem uses good people as his agents. When it's a negative thing, a destructive thing, that's going to happen in any case. Hashem uses bad people as his agents. B'nai Yisrael were going to be enslaved by another nation. We know that from the Brit Ben Abtarin. But Hashem uses Paro as his agent. It didn't have to be Paro, it could have been. He uses bad people for the agency of bad things. With that in mind, you begin to understand something of the, the responsibility of somebody who isn't culpable. Because he's not culpable for this, but he's culpable for other things. So if I was the cause of the, your Ming vase getting shattered, well, your Ming vase was going to get shattered in any case. You were due to lose $30,000 one way or another. And it, was, it turned to be out the Ming vase, but it didn't have to be me. The fact that for no choice of mine, I was asleep. I didn't even know there was a Ming vase there. And I do it in my sleep. That's Megalgalin Choyvo Al Chayev. That means there's something I'm not perfect in. Because Hashem chose me to be the agent. And so I am culpable. I remain responsible. Not culpable, but there's something in me that isn't right. Here's another example where you can't learn Nazikin, you can't learn Chush and Mishpah without the spiritual dimension of Torah as well. Without the, the, the Ruchnes Dikas dimension of Torah. Otherwise it doesn't make sense. So, so why should a person be responsible for something that was completely beyond his control? Because... Hashem did this. This was an act of God. Yes, it was an act of God. He chose you to be his agent. Why did he choose you to be his agent to do something destructive? Is, is what we need to ask. And that's why you're responsible. But now let's go one step further into the Orachayim HaKadosh on the Vayishma Reuven Vayatzileinu Miyadam. Reuven hears and saves Yosef from their hands. And he says, let's not murder Yosef. Rather, let's throw him into the pit. Ask the Orachayim, but throwing him into the pit is also the same. There's Nachashim and Akravim, there's scorpions and snakes in the pit. Why is that any better than, than killing him any other way? Explains the Orachayim that Ha'adam bal b'chira u'veratzon v'yachol laharog mishilon nitchayev mita. An important principle in Kabbalah, which the Orachayim highlights here, the Yenitziv speaks about it as well, a Baal Bechira, a person of free choice, can override Hashgacha. Now, of course, it doesn't mean totally override Hashgacha. Hashem, nothing happens without Hashem's allowing it to happen. But if you take out a gun and you shoot another person, you can't say Bashet. He was going to die in any case. I was just the agent. A human being can override Hashgacha. Now, if we understand that, we begin to understand our sugya. So why is, according to Tosfus, why is an Adam, an Adam is Mu'ad Lo'olam? Why? Because you are responsible even if you're not culpable. But it's beyond my control. This is an act of God. Yes, but God chose you as the agent. And if God chose you as the agent, as an agent, you were responsible even if it wasn't your fault. So what happens if somebody else intervenes? If it's an act of God caused by a tsunami or an earthquake, then it's an act of God. 
if it's the reason I damaged was not because of an act of God, but because of an act of another human choice, that human choice has removed my agency. That's what human beings can do. I'm no longer the agent of the damage. The person who made the choice has overruled the natural flow of events. So by putting the Ming vase there, that action, that choice to do that, to do something so careless, that removes from me being able to say, well, it was an act of God. God did this, it wasn't my fault. Well, too bad, but you were the agent. No, I wasn't the agent. In this case, somebody else is the agent. The agent is the person who chose to put the vase in that particular place. So there we get a much bigger understanding of Adam Mu'adla Olam and the different views, the view of, of the Ramban, that that doesn't apply when somebody else is a poshea because then the obligation shifts to the careless person. And the view of Tosfus, no, it stays with the first person. He is the one who caused the damage, but he has a ptur. It's not that he didn't cause the damage, the other caused the damage. He caused the damage. He smashed the Ming vase. But he was an onus. I and Adam is never an onus, and Adam is never onus. That's only when he is an agent of God. But when another human being intervenes in God's process and makes choices and decisions that have negative outputs, that person becomes the principal. And the agent is free. The agent doesn't apply anymore. The responsibility is removed from the agent, and it's taken over by the other person. Thank you.